Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to this week's Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Thank you for grabbing the show from our website. Techcentral.ie is our home. Uh, you can also use your favourite podcast app on your smartphone to get us or you can listen on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. This is our show for the weekending Friday the 9th of October. And this week on the show we'll be talking about Ireland making world tech headlines with the dramatic end to Safe Harbour. Microsoft has a bunch of new kit that we want to get our hands on and an Irish Kickstarter wants to protect your right to privacy with a very, very cool piece of kit as well. Lots of kit in here. I like that. Uh, joining me as ever is Niall Kitson at Tech Central HQ. Niall, I suppose uh, this whole story about Safe Harbour, just to kind of put in some kind of context globally, um, would you say this is easily in the top 10 or the top five stories of the year so far? Uh, I'm easily going to put it in the top five because this basically changes the relationship between the EU and the US and consequently the US. Um, yeah, and, and how we see what happens to our data and how mm. aware we are of what happens to all the information that we are uploading to you know, US-based mm. websites like Facebook or YouTube. Um, I mean, what's your understanding of safe harbor at the moment? Well, my understanding of safe harbor is in America, the authorities, if they want, can get data about individuals that is held by other people. So, you know, anything you put on Facebook could be mined by the FBI or the NSA or whatever happens to be without you knowing, or they can go into courts and get, you know, wiretaps. We've all seen it in the movies, that kind of stuff. Your, your private data that you would think is safe is not as safe as you think in America. Whereas in Europe, where the privacy of the individual is held in a very, very high regard, it's not so easy to do that. And the data protection laws in Europe are very, very, very strict. So the problem was that American companies, you know, like Google and Facebook and all these kind of people need to move like huge amounts of data from Europe to their headquarters in America. But does that mean then that the information that they gathered in Europe is susceptible to, you know, kind of the less stringent regulations in America. And this is where the whole thing of safe harbor came about, because in 2000, an agreement was made between Europe and the United States that any of that data that was moved en masse to America would be treated in America as if it was still in the EU. Therefore, the term safe harbor. Now, I'm That's not, it, yeah. You, I've, I've you, got it, have I? That last right. point, <laughs> yeah, that last point is the salient. I, it, okay. it is the whole thing on which it rests. And oh, okay. as you say yourself, this dates back to 2000 when the kind of personal data that we were giving up online was totally different to what we do now. I mean, back then, your personal data was effectively email, forum posts, that kind of thing. You know, it was all text-based, very simple stuff. Nowadays, you've got status updates every other day, you're uploading videos to YouTube, you're tweeting, you're doing X, Y, Z. You're uploading so much of yourself online. And in Europe, the view is that information is yours. That is, that is, you know, you, that is something you have created, you have ownership of it. You should have insight into how that is being used in a transparent manner by whichever entity it is being used, be that law enforcement or be it uh, for commercial reasons, right? That's the European view. In the States, however, 
it has been more a case of you gave us that information and that's that's ours now. Uh, so we want to learn more about you so we can sell you better ads, sell you more ads. You've given us all this stuff. We're going to make use of it. And, you know, it might not be terribly easy to find out uh, what happens to it or what happens to it if you think you've deleted it, but maybe you've only disabled account or deactivated an account instead of deleting it. So in, in America, there are these gray areas that they're just not tolerable in Europe. And over the past 15 years, the split has emerged. And, you know, safe harbor just wasn't tenable anymore, just at a philosophical level. And mm. then, yes, you had American law enforcement come, coming along and have been spying on people, uh, actually spying without the knowledge of these companies in a, lot of, uh, in a lot of instances. So legally, the European Court of Justice has said, do you know what? We, we can't back this anymore between spying allegations and the general use of data of EU citizens by American companies. We can't say the same protections exist anymore. It was kind of stating the obvious, really. Mm. And it all happened. There was a, there was a kid um, uh, from Europe who decided, you know, kind of, I, I think what he did was he got in touch with Facebook. He says, look, I've deleted all the information. So I want to know what do you still have um, uh, on me? Just as a matter of interest, kind of a way. He wanted to, on the privacy side of things, he wanted to know what they were holding. And he got back like a telephone book sized of printed information about stuff he thought he deleted. And he went, oh, my God. Uh, and then he decided to institute this court case, which I think he took somewhere in Europe. And then they referred it to the High Court in Ireland, because, of course, Facebook is based in Ireland. It comes under that. And then the High Court in Ireland then referred it on to the European Court. And then the European Court has said, uh, no, Safe Harbor is you know, obviously not working anymore. So that means that you shouldn't export your data. So now you've got Facebook and Google and Amazon and whoever else. They're all kind of going, we can't ship this data back to the States. Uh, so that's that's one problem for them. What are they going to do with it? And then the other problem, as you said, is it's the relationship between Europe and the United States, which is very interesting because there's a thing called TTIP being negotiated at the moment. And this in itself is controversial because between the United States of America and the EU, they're trying to make it easier for companies to be able to work between the states in Europe. So essentially, you know, kind of companies will be able to uh, treat the USA and Europe as like a single territory. I think that's the gist of what they're after. Uh, one of the big changes that I keep hearing about is that companies will be able to sue governments under this new uh, uh, legislation uh, that they're trying to uh, negotiate. But of course, if you're going to treat the United States of America and Europe as a single entity or a single area in which to do business, well, then obviously you need data to be able to flow freely between the two of them. And now the EU has said, you know, you don't treat our data very seriously, so we're not going to allow you to export it from the EU anymore. So there's another big thorn in the side. But what I don't know, yeah, well, I, uh, m maybe, you, you, maybe you can tell me this, or maybe you can take a guess, because I really just can't think of anything, right? Why do these companies need to export data from the EU to the United States in the first place? Well, I, the key to that is the fact that these are American companies. So they would have been set up in America, their operations are there, their developers are there, their R&D is there. Why not be an American company? I mean, the fact that, you know, the likes of Google and Microsoft um, have and Apple uh, in Athen Rye, uh, in the very near future, have their data centers over here. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for it. I mean, one is the climate. Ireland is naturally predisposed to being brilliant for data centers because it doesn't get too hot or too cold. 
uh, and we've plenty of land at reasonable rates apparently still. Um, but also, because um, the data centers are over here, it actually puts them in a little bit of a legal limbo. There's a case going on in New York at the moment where a court is trying to get access to um, a guy's Hotmail account, but all his mail is stored over here in Dublin. So they're trying to negotiate some, something that's one part warrant, one part subpoena, one part trade agreement, pretty much that says, you're an American company, but this asset is abroad, we still want to be able to seize this asset. And of course, Microsoft is saying, well, no, because it's abroad. You can't, you can't just go around willy-nilly just taking things from wherever you want them. I mean, this is, Ireland is not covered by EU law, therefore we shouldn't have to give up anything. So it's, it's the larger companies this isn't really going to affect because they already have assets over here. And there are plenty of third-party digital, um, third-party uh, data centers over here as well. So the, the key is, if you're a small company looking to trade into Europe, this is a big deal. This is a problem. If you are a small European company looking to trade into the US, not so much because you already are going to have to deal with much more stringent data protection measures. You don't have to change anything. Whereas, you know, if you're a small American company, um, may, maybe you've got a certain budget allocated for compliance in, the, in, in uh, data protection. But the measures are, are, to, are very different. They're, it's based on uh, industry regulation, self-regulation. In Europe, it's government regulation. The two things are completely at odds. And if you're a small company uh, and you had a choice of territory, Right. Where would you want to set up? You would want to set up somewhere that's convenient to you. Okay, right. So that the, when you say convenient, does that mean geographically? I would say geographically. Um, um, what I'm thinking about that is uh, specifically I'm thinking about Apple, you know, because Apple are, are, are located in a very strange uh, location. I think they are. Uh, Spotify being another company in Finland. It's not exactly the center of the earth. So... Yeah, I think uh, companies will want to set up where, where, where they were originally founded. Yeah, I, I think that's, the, it's once you get into international expansion. But hmm. I mean, personally, if I was, uh, if I was uh, putting together a startup, now it's easy to say this because we're already within the EU. But if you were looking to set up, you could just choose a third party managed data center so you've got your technical support already out there. Um, you're just renting server space. That's fine. And you just pick a country with a data protection regime that you think is strict but fair. Because that's not going to bite you coming down the road. Maybe you don't want to set up somewhere like North Korea, mm. for example. <laughs> well, maybe the... Maybe the U.S. isn't a, isn't yeah. a fantastic uh, alternative. Yeah, true. And North Korea is so well known for its fabulous internet access, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> do you know, yeah. it's just as you start to kind of think through this story, you kind of realize like the, the implications uh, uh, that, are, that are in there. And it really is a big thorny uh, subject. You're getting into, you know, uh, policy matters and all kinds of things. However, the, the, it was the big, 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 big story of the week without a shadow of a doubt. And Ireland was at the epicenter because it's not all often that we get to make uh, such big decisions on the on the world stage. All the stuff that's going on in tech this week. Now, Microsoft, of course, had a big announcement, a bunch of new devices. Um, and the one that I would expect that I wanted is the one that I'm most disappointed in, and that is the Surface Book. 
Oh, you're disappointed in it. Mm, okay. Do you know what? Do you, do you know what? Do you know what it is that disappoints me? What the name? <laughs> why? Why is the name disappointing you? Everybody in the world calls it a laptop. All right, except Apple, who okay. call it a MacBook, and then Windows just went and followed them. It's not a book. You, you think the nomenclature is an issue, therefore you don't like it. I, I was very disappointed that they called it a Surface Book. You know? Oh, okay. Right. But, but so other, than that, other than that, it looks like a really, really cool piece of kit. Tell us about it. It's a really powerful piece of kit as well. It's a 13.5-inch uh, laptop. Since when did 15 inches stop being the default uh, size for laptops? Oh, Niall, stop, stop talking, Niall. You're showing your age. <laughs> 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 tell, tell us about this 13-incher. <laughs> this 13-incher uh, hybrid, I hasten to add. Um, so it's got a core i7 processor, NVIDIA GeForce uh, GPU with GDDR5 uh, memory. Um, it's also, well, they claim uh, that this is the fastest laptop ever produced, um, twice as fast as the MacBook Pro, they are saying. 12-hour uh, battery life, um, screen, touch and pen enabled, with, and it's a 6 million pixel display with 267 pixels per inch. Just to put that in perspective, uh, what, it's something like 180 pixels per inch is, is, what's, mm. uh, is what's viewable. Yeah, it's ridiculously detailed. So, Tell me, what uh, kind of price? I, I didn't grab the price, uh, and I know if you were buying a MacBook and you were kind of that kind of spec, you'd be looking at €1,500. Euro. Um, what, what's, yeah, what's it's, the price? it's actually slightly cheaper. They're saying $1,500, so it's about €1,300, but we know that we're going to get gypped on the okay. dollar so to Europe. Okay, so for the same rate. price as a MacBook Pro, you can pick up the uh, the Windows Surface Book ugh, um, for roughly the same money, but it's twice uh, the power. And also, a hell of a lot more convenient in the real world, seeing as, you know, so many more people are developing programs for uh, for the Windows platform. Um I like the look of it. I like the hybrid thing. Are you going to run out? If, would you run out and get one if you had two grand? If it's like, oh, Niall, you won two grand on the lottery. Congratulations. Would you spend it all on this yeah, new I'm, machine? I'm, I am I am in the market for a new laptop at the moment. Um, oh, so you but, are. Yes. Yeah. Are you thinking of it? my beloved MacBook, after eight years of service, died. Um, do you know what? I'm, I'm still looking at a new MacBook Pro and going, you know what? I wasn't done. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the way it is much easier to replace something when you just you know, you you've drawn a line under it yourself. <laughs> I do, but it was taken away from you. It's like, it's like you know, kind of if you, if you were splitting up with your, with your girlfriend, you'd be the one wanting to do the dumping. That's essentially what you. We're getting a fascinating look into how your mind works. Um, listen, uh, we've I've got I've got a really good interview that I want to get to in just a second. But very quickly, uh, an Irish Kickstarter is coming out with another uh, really cool piece of kit this week, and it kind of relates back to the the first story about Safe Harbor. It's about protecting your right to privacy. Tell me about this Kickstarter project quickly. That's right. The project is called the Invisbox Go. And what this basically is, is that it's kind of, it's a way of securing your home Wi-Fi network. So in the same way that Tor anonymizes your, uh, your traffic, um, this works kind of exactly the same way. So you will be able to get around um, geo-blocking. 
So, you know, if you want to watch US Netflix or, or BBC iPlayer or whatever, it can do that. Uh, it will also block ads. Uh, it's also got a battery in it, so it can charge your phones and uh, or device of your choice. And it's also a Wi-Fi extender as well. So it's called the InvisBox Go. Um, it's based by it's uh, put together by a Dublin company, and I strongly suggest everyone go up, go on to Kickstarter and just have a look at what they're doing. Uh, if even if only to get a sense that you know you can protect yourself mm. relatively easily uh online and, so and this is it's very very simply and that's 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 the key to it you know uh, uh have any as nod says yes do have a look at it listen i wanted to uh, play you an interview with a, a guy that I was chatting to during the week uh, own gill he's a mathematician in uh calmast in waterford and he's kind of founded and putting together this thing called maths week all right which is a bit of a celebration of maths but stick Stick with me here, all right? Um, it's a kind of a partnership of over 50 groups from universities and institutes of technology and colleges and museums and libraries, all these kind of things. Um, and any group where they kind of see that there's an importance for maths and the importance of promoting maths. So I said to Owen, to kick off the interview, I said, this is maths week, all right? It's not exactly the easiest thing in the world to get people excited about it. So how did he describe it? What is maths week? Well, first of all, Maths Week is exactly what it says. It's a it's a week um, where we talk about maths and we we celebrate maths. And um, it's actually it's actually mathematically speaking, it's not really a week. It's nine days. We take in the two weekends because we've just so much stuff to do. And it, the idea behind it is to to change attitudes towards maths. It's not um, it's not aimed. For just high achievers or people who are going to become mathematicians or, or the like, it's aimed at everybody because uh, you, you just can't get away from maths. Everyone in school has to do it anyway. But, you know, throughout your life, you're, you know, there, there's so much, so many areas where, where both maths itself is important and to be trained in a certain amount of mathematical thinking. And no matter what you end up doing in life, you're going to come up against it. And a lot of people are um, intimidated by it, have bad experiences in uh, schools, <clears throat> and, and, and they, 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 they could do an awful lot better if we could, if we could just um, change their attitudes. Yeah, sp- speaking of changing attitudes, a lot of people, do you ever like, sit down and explain to people, do you know that you know, maths isn't just you know, addition, multiplication, division, and Pythagoras' <coughs> theorem and stuff like that, but maths is an intricate part of music maths is an intricate part of uh, uh art maths is an intricate part i mean maths is, is practically what what computing is based on do, do you do you explain this to people well keep going i mean i might use this recording to <laughs> explain that to people that's <laughs> uh, that's you know that's that's really good that's what we're trying to do we're trying to um you have to do the stuff that you do in the classroom that's there's there's no you know you do need the basics hmm. But people need to see that it is it is all around us. It's 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 you know it, it's part of the makeup of the universe, and it's important in their lives. But it is, as you say, in, involved. Music is essentially you know it's patterns, sound patterns. So that's that's can be expressed mathematically. Um, as you say, the the, the whole uh, the, the whole computer world, the whole digital world, mm. is mathematics. And, uh, you know, they're, they're some of the strong messages we're trying to get uh, across. And this year in particular, because it's George Boole's 200th birthday coming up, 
we're going to be we're going to be pushing out a lot of information about Bool himself and to show that every Irish person should know that uh, the, 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 the grandfather of the digital age, you know, wrote his most important work while uh, being a professor of maths in, in UCC. So that's another thing that's kind of important that we highlight our mathematical heritage because uh, in this country, we are great at, at uh, celebrating our great writers and musicians and poets and that, uh, but we have a, a fantastic heritage in, in mathematics and science and engineering as well, but we have some of the real giants in, uh, in, in mathematics, like George Boole, for instance, the whole world uses his mathematics every day, unbeknownst to themselves, of course. But everyone working in ITC uses Boole's um, uh, mathematics every day anyway. I mean, they, they're, they're whole, they're, they're whole, mm. um, we were whole... We were only talking about it the other week, actually, and, uh, and how he was based in Cork and everything that he did while he was there. Tell me, with uh, Maths Week, I mean, how big is Maths Week? What kind of events are going on around the country to get people excited? Well... We have um, a lot of our events are based in the universities and institutes of technology and visitor centres around the island. But I should emphasise it, it's a north-south um, event. Uh, we have a lot of visiting uh, presenters coming from the UK, from Europe, from the US uh, and travelling around. And they, in, 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 in tandem with the uh, you know the local lecturers in those in those uh, universities and institutes of technology, will be given uh, you know fun, interesting, challenging workshops and, and lectures uh, for school groups, and then we have a whole load of activity that uh, <clears throat> the public can engage with. Um, we kick off on the tenth of October with maths in the city in Dublin. We'll be up top of Grafton Street and in Stevens Green. And we'll have about 30 or 40 volunteers out with, you know, giant mathematical games, puzzles, uh, activities that the public can engage with. And we're, we're very much um, <clears throat> trying to engage people with maths in a non-traditional environment. And, you know, it's, it's different maths. Mm. It's puzzles. It's fun stuff. Um, magic. We've, we've load of mathematicians, uh, our mathematicians uh, <laughs> performing. And on the 11th, uh, we go down to Mallow, to the Mallow Maths and Science Fair, which is on the Sunday in the GAA complex there. And that will attract about 4,000 people. Um, on the 16th, we have the Hamilton Walk, which traces one of the most uh, famous events in Irish mathematics, the discovery of quaternions, uh, along the Royal Canal in Cabra, and uh, that goes from Dunsink Observatory to Cabra, and <clears throat> that's open to the public as well. Uh, on the 17th, that's this, the, the following Saturday, we have mats in the city in Belfast, and uh, we're around the Ulster Museum and the Botanic Gardens in Belfast. And on the 18th, we finish up with a celebration of mind in the Botanic Gardens in Dublin. And all of those are um, attract huge numbers, mainly family audience, but, uh, you know, members of the public, adults who are interested in maths or interested in puzzles are just, you know, sceptical that they can't be excited about maths, come along, mm. 
and and we we'll uh, we'll show you otherwise. Well, what about? I mean, adults will have certain preconceived, you know, uh, memories and stuff like that of of their own uh, schooling. Whereas kids are far more open to you know kind of new experiences and new ways of being presented uh, information and that kind of stuff. Do you, do you find that Maths Week is a good vehicle for getting kids excited about maths and getting into that whole area of of, of logic? Yeah, well, I mean, we're we're growing every year, which is a sign that the teachers really believe in us. And our our feedback from teachers, surveys we've done have shown they 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 claim that the students are coming back more motivated about maths and their and and um, kids who were having problems or who 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 were resisting uh, maths were were more open to it. So that's very positive. The while young people are. Uh, more uh, open to new ideas and trying things kids get negative um, messages about maths at a very early age often from uh, within the home where somebody says i mean it's 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 commonplace in in our culture to say oh i was no good at maths Mm, i don't Uh, understand that i can't help you with that that kind of lark yeah and you know they don't you know you, you you might as well say the same about the french homework or you know uh there, you need to. Parents need to encourage kids, even if parents hated maths or, or or didn't do well at maths. They need to encourage their kids and explain to them that this is important in their lives. And get away from this. There's a there's a, a very strong misconception going around that people have to be hardwired for maths, and that you know people are either mathematical or they're not. I mean, everyone, you know, you're not going to um, necessarily end up being a mathematician are the world's greatest mathematician, but everyone can do maths to to, to uh, some extent. Well, I had, uh, the best piece of advice I had from my parents uh, was um, my dad, who's, I mean, he's no mathematician by, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I was having difficulty with maths in, in secondary school. And he just said to me, he said, look, kid, he says, uh, you just learn the theories and then you slot in the numbers and it works every time. And I went, oh, oh okay, I'll try that then, you know, and I did. And uh, and I kind of, I just got on with it. And uh, and the one thing that maths has been good for me is that I can do my tax returns correctly and I don't overpay my tax. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> so, that's very important. And this is and this is an idea. Maths will come up in your life. Yes. Where, wherever, whatever you do, it comes up. And, and, you know, it's a serious problem that we have. Um, a, a, a quite a number of people who have, who have numeracy difficulties, and even from the point of view of you know the technology world, we do need. It is maths is the the the, the most important subject underpinning um, ITC, and we do need to because we're a small country with a small pool of talent. We need to get everyone, you know, up 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 higher in the league tables. Mm. We're, we're we're above average internationally in maths. But we need to be right up there with the, yeah. with the leaders. Well, it's, it, it is one of the big three, reading, writing, arithmetic, as they say. Yep. Uh, that, and you do use it in, in everyday life. You're absolutely right. You know, just even change in the shop or whatever happens to be. Or as I say, if you're working at your taxes or if you're getting involved in computer programming or anything like that, it's just a key part of, of, of our life. If people want to find out more about Mass Week, uh, Owen, where can they go? Yeah, everything's on it. Uh, activities and events at uh, mathsweek.ie. And that was Owen Gill from Calmast in Waterford talking about uh, Maths Week. Uh, Niall Kitson, that is it for our Tech Radio show for today. Tell me uh, what is on the website that we didn't manage to cover in the podcast. Yeah, great news for primary schools, uh, probably secondary schools around the country as well. 
the government is making 200 million euro uh, free to upgrade the entire education system's digital infrastructure. So go on to techcentral.ie and find out a little bit more about it. That's our radio show for today. Do remember you can get hourly updates on tech news along with daily newsletters from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1X. Until next time, from myself to Stuarts, take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.